Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, like I have a sex with that Irish man. No, no, no. I like too dirty. He don't he's clean too himself. Chubby, too white. He's too white. He don't like to clean himself. <laughs> Yeah, the smell of her cabbage. Uh, very he, lie, he lie with the pigs. <laughs> he sleep with the pig in the kitchen. <laughs> it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going. There's the things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Give you energy like buck fat. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast, yeah. Yes, good evening and welcome to the Keith Walsh Podcast with me, Keith Walsh. Just fixing my... I should fix my mic before I start talking, but hey, I'm totally unprofessional. Charlie the dog is sitting on the floor and Finn, uh, the son, is sitting on the chair beside me looking at TikTok on his phone. And uh, yeah, we're all here together in the room recording the the intro to the podcast. How are you doing over there, Finn? Yours? Yeah. He's good. Uh, we keep it short. Uh, what day is it? It's the twenty sixth of the fourth, twenty sixth of April, twenty twenty one. And uh, where where are we at? Well, we're pretty much still kind of in lockdown, and no real sign of it opening up completely in the near future. So we're just. I've no news really. I've no news. Um, Started a job today, which is good, all going well. Just kind of finished up working there, and I thought, well, I'll just get the podcast done, so then I have the evening off. So maybe this new job will help me be more organized, so I'm not, like, putting up the podcast late at night. Also, this is the only podcast I'll be putting up this week, because I need to figure out how much effort and how much much energy I'll have left, you know, after working uh, 40 hours a week or whatever. Um, So for now... It'll just be the chats with me and Mike we've been putting up. And maybe the occasional interview with somebody if something interesting comes along. But for now, just the me and Mike stuff. Until I settle in, at least, anyway. And then we can open it up again. Um, yeah, listen, uh, what's coming up in this chat? It's just, uh, yeah, we just talked about uh, dinosaur poo a lot. And using it to live in. And uh, Earth Day a little bit. And we talked about... Uh, my job, kind of, and the podcast, and we answered some emails that we got. Yeah, All right, sorry, but this won't take long. Have we gone? Have we done the finish? He's gone. Uh, and uh, what else? Not. Yeah, we just kind of rambled about about this and about that. Um, I'll keep the intro short because that will allow me to get these up and done quickly and uh, uh, take less less of uh, less time and less effort and all that kind of stuff. And uh, actually, some people mentioned the didn't like the rambly intro so i thought for a while i'll try and have a less rambly 
intro, although it's still rambly, isn't it? It's a shorter, a shorter rambly intro. Anyway, it's me and Mike talking about this and talking about that. Hope you enjoy. It is Keith Watch Podcast, episode 96, I'm going to say, I think. Enjoy! On this computer, oh, fucking hell, Lis- listening to uh, a lot of the Lemonheads recently. Oh, yeah. Do, 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 do. Have you met Evan Dando? Yes, I did. We spoke about it. We spoke about it. That's right. Yeah, I was just trying to remember. Yeah, he wanted to do fluff and fold, right? I just (laughs) want to go to like down a like laundry and do fluff and fold, right? Beautiful guy. Well, beautiful man. Beautiful, beautiful man. Very sensitive. Um, Loved his drugs, but uh, but, you know, that's okay too. Um, Yeah. What was I going to say to you? Uh, yeah, we got some... Um, how are you, Mike, first of all? I, I'm great. Speaking of listening to music, I was listening to uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners this morning on um, the radio. And um, my son came up with this statistic the other day. Um, apropos of nothing, now this story comes out. So he said, uh, did you realise we are now closer to 2050 than we are... 1990. God. And then we started listening to the radio this morning and the, the Everly Brothers came on and I said, Jesus, that must have been, that was old when we were young. You know, and then and then Dexy's Midnight Runners came on and I Googled it and it was like, I think it's 1982 or 83, somewhere around that. But that's actually closer, the, like back then is closer to the World War II than we are from it yeah it's it's insane do you know what i was thinking the other day i was thinking i used to get annoyed about the english banging on about 1966 the world cup right yeah and i'm like will you shut up about you won the world cup in 1966 who who cares it's so long ago come on you know yeah we don't shut up about 90 about italia 90 and we didn't even win and it's longer ago than 66 was when i was do you know what I mean? Yeah, it is, but there's there, there's a whole lot of baggage that comes with that, though, isn't there? The yeah, the but, English. I mean, you know, they fucking they've never they're still droning on about it. We're we're droning on about 1990, yeah. Um, but the English do sort of like rum it down your fucking neck a little bit. Oh, but, wait, it, but, it's all but what I'm saying is, in the in the in the with the whole concept of time and all that, like 66 seemed like I was like, what the hell are you going on about that for? Like that's so long yeah. ago. But actually. It wasn't that it was only recent, really, compared to, you know, in my parents' head and that generation's head, it was probably only just, you know, the, the 90s, you know, to us. Like, I, yeah. I still think the 90s are only very recently. Which is why I'm fascinated when people start talking about concept of time and time travel and stuff like that, because it's such a conceptual thing, time, isn't it? It's not, mm. I mean, we, yeah, we go around the earth or we go around the sun. <laughs> I go around the earth because I am the center of the universe. <laughs> um, but we, we do on a sort of a cyclical kind of thing, 365 days. And you wonder who, I mean, obviously they timed we go around 365 days. It's brought me into this kind of thing in my head this morning that, fucking hell, we're, we're going on like the likes of Galileo for our calendars. These lads didn't have computers or anything and they could time stuff. And, and we're still using that. Mm. And now we're using all this technology to keep us in time and timing this and you're always late and that type of thing. And uh, 
you know, it, <laughs> I don't, time, I don't, time I, fucks with your head. But you, wouldn't you think we'd have moved on by now? You would. Like, why have we not? De- that's one sort of thing that they develop. They develop time, and then I suppose it suits industry, doesn't it? But you, you'd think we'd have moved on from the whole time thing by now. Clocks and what time it is and what day it is, and like, not saying none of and, it ma- matters, but uh, it just seems that it seems, seems, it seems like we're stuck in a moment, Mike. Oh wow, that's beautiful. That brings the concept of time and music. That's dovetailing. Can you see my fingers? That's dovetailing. <laughs> That's real sort of like tongue and grooving. Yeah, that sounds rude. Your mic is a bit low, if I may say. Is it? I think you might be. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Shit. It's not attached. I'm going to have to start this again. How's that? How's that? I don't know. Can't hear you. You can't hear me now, can you? Can now, can now, can you? How's that? Is that better? No, you're still quite low. It's like you're going through a different microphone. Yeah, that's probably. My, you see, sometimes I have this like other this separate camera attached. Hang on a second. <laughs> a separate camera attached that has its own mic, and uh, that was uh, it was probably it's probably just taking the feed. How am I now? No different. That's better. Yeah, like a, a little bit. I'm. I'm. I'm... I'm loath to say you're better because you're, you're, I don't know, you sound like you're far away. I sound like I'm very high in my, my, my headphones. This is like, this is like pro radio. Hey guy. Yeah. You get the feedback there. Yeah. We are getting the feedback guy. This is good. Right? This is good stuff. Hang on a second. Let's just see if I can, uh, if I do this, will I, will I be able to do that? Uh, 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 mm, mm. Just. Oh, 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 that's not working. Are you going through the uh, mic on your uh, thing there? Hit that a tap. Yeah, I'm just, uh, see, I need to, I can record locally here. One, two, 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 one, two. Yeah, it does seem low, doesn't it? But Hey, hey, I'll just shout, okay? Okay, guy, that's just brilliant. Just going to shout you, like this. It's okay with that? Um, yeah, I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. So, um, what we, I don't know what we have to, we might have to discard everything we've just talked about, but um, no, I'm no, no, no. I can I can hear you. It's just like you're a little bit away from the mic. I don't want to be away from the mic. I want to be close to the mic to you, Mike. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, the whole the whole time thing. Like, I was actually thinking about. I I started thinking recently about like say the famine and, uh you know, the proclamation or um, things that seemed like so, even like uh, the Battle of the Boyne, say, for instance, you know, it's only like only a thousand years ago, really, give or take a hundred years. Like these things are not like if you think of a hundred, you can think of a hundred years. That's an easy concept because I know I was, I've not been around for a hundred years, but a hundred years, like, you know, my grandfather was around, my the father was was almost, you know, it's not that long ago. So that's a, kind of a, just a bit of, bit over a generation. So if you think of like, yeah. say for instance, the Battle of the Boyne or, you know, William Wallace, because we, I was telling my son about uh, Braveheart because we were, we were up in the curry yesterday. Like, these things are not that long ago. 
No, I mean, they would be termed as recent history. I mean, you know people who would have known people who would have known people in like the 1800s, the early 1800s. Your parents would have known their parents and they might have known their grandparents. And these people were around, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not that long. No, time is a strange thing. What, what did, uh, what did Colin say about it? Boy, George. Time is like a junk in my heart. <laughs> but, but, but even if you think of Christ, right? So what's, so Christ is what? 2000? Well, whether he's fictitious or not. Well, if, yeah, the, but the, the time of Christ, the time of yeah. the, the, the guy that maybe 2000 years ago, that's 2100 years ago. That is not that long ago. No, and um, you remember the band The Streets? Yeah. A Grand Don't Come For Free. In fact, that's my top tip of the week. If you listen to The, the Streets, A Grand Don't Come For Free, in the order it was actually done as an album. Yeah. It's the story of him losing money, and then his relationship falls apart, and everything falls apart, just because he put a Grand on the TV and it slipped down the back. <laughs> It's, it's fascinating. But his first album, I think the um, there's this really good sort of jing, 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 jing song on it. And it's um, we're all 25th century or we're all 25th generation Romans. OK. Yeah, which I thought was really nice. Obviously talking about English people because we're not 25th generation Romans here. Although we've probably got a bit of Roman blood in us. They didn't come this far. They didn't think it was worth it. They were like... Hey, f- f- fuck, fuck the island, uh, fuck the shitty island. Uh, we we don't need the. Uh, no, we don't need the shitty island. We keep we stay here uh, with the ba- mama spaghetti. That's how they roll. Yeah, we will wait till nineteen ninety till they come to us. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they gave it a name, didn't they? Hibernia. Mm. Which was to winter or to holiday. Or no, Hibernia was like too far away. Just a it's little, shithole. just a little bit too far away and a bit of a shithole. So probably not the, <laughs> not the worth it. Full uh, <laughs> of lazy bog hoppers who take time off to go to see the football match. <laughs> it's mostly bears and the trees. Who gives a fuck? With the Vikings are like, oh, we'll take it all and yeah. your wife. We'll go right them all. <laughs> well, the Vikings weren't, you see, the Romans, I think, were maybe, I mean, maybe weren't a beautiful looking people. The Vikings would write anything. They weren't, yeah. they were like lads and coppers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Copper face jacks is based on the, <laughs> the conquests of the Vikings. The Romans were a bit more, had a bit more about them. They're a bit more, mm, I don't like to have a sex with that lady. I <laughs> like to have a sex with that Irish man. No, no, no. I don't like too to dirty. He don't he's clean too himself. Too white. He's too white. He don't like to clean himself. <laughs> yeah, the smell of a cabbage. Uh, very he, lie, he lie with the pigs. <laughs> he sleep with the pig in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, fuck. so we were lucky in that way we, that's why we were yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah like i know this is this is a weird concept to think about but two thousand years ago 
uh, the time of Christ and all that, that's not that long ago. Like that is fairly recent history, uh, if you think about it. And that has made me think that religion and, you know, the Catholic Church, that is quite like, if you think of the, the passage of time as a line, you know, and all the events that happen, like the dinosaurs, humans, you know, we're, you know, we've been around for millions of years and animals around for millions of years and all this kind of, and then this is just like a little, if you think of it as an audio piece of audio, it's just a little tiny, 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 like those 2000 years Catholic Church, just this tiny little fucking blip, little, yeah, I think just if you look a, at a little shudder in the line. The Greenpeace clock, you know, that yeah. very good graphic they've got of the, the planet from dot is 12 o'clock around to dot. I mean, we're we're teeny teeny tiny teeny teenth of a second mm. of that is us and we've managed to fuck it up so much but have we yeah and does it matter this is the this is this is something i've been thinking about because if you think of the earth compared to the size of the universe and the multiverse and all that kind of stuff right we are like one grain of sand in the sea if not smaller but something okay. like that so there's all this shit going on if you if you think about a whole population of people like or, or a whole population of things like uh, imagine the earth is the grain of sand in the sea and there's a whole ecosystem on that grain of sand right we don't give a fuck about that who gives a fuck if that grain of sand is gone in the morning we won't even notice no I th you're right the only people that give a fuck about it are us, us. yeah yeah but, but we in are an insignificant thing and we are watching on our own planet sort of, I don't know how many species every day become extinct. I mean, the Birdwatch Island this week put a list up of kestrels are now um, on the red list. Oh, well, hang on. If the kestrels are on the red list, now I'm fucking angry. Okay, go on. Snipe are on the red list. Really? Cuckoos, I think, are endangered. That's um, because the other birds are wising up. That's not our fault. No, exactly. The little larks are kind of going, fuck off with your eggs. I know what you're up to. And we have um, our, most, our, most, our most special little warblers are back here. We've got these grasshopper warblers back. Um, and they're almost in every hedgerow this year. There's a, there's a proliferation of them. And they sound like a grasshopper. You know the cicadas when you're in hot countries all the day long? That's what they're like. Tiny little birds. And they've come in and they've come in on this southerly and everything has arrived. The cuckoos arrived. We had kestrels here. We had snipe over the winter. We had all sorts of stuff here. Yet, if a forest fire happens, fucked. Really? And forest fires are happening all over the place today as we speak on the 25th of April. And that's the mountains of Morn are on fire, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Kalani's on fire. Kalani National Park. And... There's forest. I can see them around here, because the bog trotters go out and burn. I go out and burn it, lads. Go out and burn that land for no fucking reason. All they do is kind of just get rid of the vegetation on top. They can't farm it. They can't do anything with it. It's not land management. It's just pure fucking boggery. My father did this. So I'm going to do it. So that it's just a it's just a slash and burn uh, thing that, yeah. that we don't need anymore. Shit. Okay. Well, you see. Now, having said that, some species need um, about 200 or 210 degrees of heat for their seed to germinate. Some of the heathers, some of the rarer heathers. So, yes, you can manage bits of grassland and whatever, or bits of, uh, not grassland, but heathland. Yeah, like the curra. 
yeah, by burning every mm. once in a while. But you do it very, very, very rarely and, and very controlled. Not as we've seen up the road here. We're driving home one day, and he put a, a big a farmer put a big bale of dry hay with a, a plastic container full of petrol and lit it and just fucked off. And all of a sudden the mountain's on fucking fire. And there's like the roads are closed. You've got to take, close the windows, take the washing in. Everything's covered in black ash. Fucking hell. Disaster. So the Kestrels, fucking hell, that's not good. Um, and of course this week was Earth Week, Mike. Yeah, I saw you doing something on that there, Twitter. Um, Earth Week, yeah. I mean, really, that goes, that speaks volumes about us, doesn't it? That we're the only species on this planet that are kind of guilty. You know, we're the only ones kind of shining a light on our face and looking in the mirror and going, oh, fucking hell, lads, we've really fucked it up. Because everything else is just out there trying to survive. And we're doing our damnedest to annihilate our own air, their air, their habitat, everything. We are the most destructive fuckers. I, 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 I learned a new, a new fact watching this thing, this Earth Week conference. Oh, yeah. It was hosted by a company called Thinkhouse. I like them a lot. But they're very good. I think Thinkhouse or uh, .ie are very, very informative and very young sort of marketing kind of people. Um, but th- but uh, one of the girls on that was talking about the uh, push by big companies uh, towards individualism. And I didn't realize, but it was the Shell Oil Company that came up with the carbon footprint idea in order to make people feel responsible and guilty about their own effect on the environment. So they developed this idea of a carbon footprint. Like, what's your carbon footprint? How many times have you driven your car this year? How many flights have you taken? Can you offset your carbon footprint? Blah, blah, blah. Carbon footprint, carbon footprint. Everybody's like, oh, my fucking carbon footprint. Hollywood A-listers are like, yeah, I'm trying to fucking, you know, I plant a tree every time I get in in a Learjet. And uh, meanwhile, like uh, the people who pumped up, they pump millions into this idea of carbon footprint, shell oil. They're just like, yeah, just the carbon footprint guys, you know, you better watch that. And (laughs) I didn't really realize that they had done that. And that that, I thought carbon footprint came from like Greenpeace or something like that, or, you know, it was a good thing, but actually it's the push to absolve the the big business and push the responsibility onto individuals like, you know, your farmers, your cows are farting a lot. That's the problem. Well, in fact, that is a problem. That's probably the biggest greenhouse gas that, that kind of goes unmentioned because we, you know, we should eat more plant-based food and less meat. Um, and maybe that's what happened to the dinosaurs because they would have farted a lot. They would have done because a lot of those were actually, um, they were vegetarian. Mm. They just ate gazillion. And if you yeah. know, I mean. Imagine the smell of earth. Yeah, if you imagine it, yeah, it'd be like a big shithole. And and we, we you know, I mean, I had spinach this week. Yeah. And that had deleterious effects on my innards. Could you imagine? imagine? They, they ate whole, like, banana trees and ferns, like, for breakfast. It was. It's all the dinosaurs' faults. We're just trying to fucking tidy up after those bastards. They, yeah, like, well, could you, if you think of the size of a cow pat, imagine the shit that would have been around if, if we'd been around at the same time as dinosaurs, wading through actual shit. Yeah, because those boys, some of them were like 80 meters long. So instead of collecting cow pats to make houses, like, you know, the, you make them into bricks and whatever, you'd actually just let it crust up and then dig a hole in it like an igloo. 
the shit house. There you go. That's marketing Sword. for you right there. Join <laughs> shit house. I want to live in the shit house. Fucking hell. We can we stop fucking stop building. Stop worrying about the just live and just bring dinosaurs back and live in shit houses. Mike, I I I I I don't know what you'd plan to talk about, but I want to read out a couple of emails for you. Oh yes, 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 yeah. I've I've planned to do nothing, so yes. We're fast appro- we're fast approaching episode number one hundred, and the question was, would we finish up at a hundred? Yeah. Um. So we got a little bit of uh of feedback. So uh, Tom Tom says, I won't give out uh, surnames just in case. Uh, you asked for feedback on whether or not you should continue the podcast now that you have a full time job. Fundamentally, that decision is yours and Mike's to make. Do you feel like you still have time to drive? and drive to continue producing an interesting and entertaining content. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say that, Tom. We love Tom. Um, Yeah. uh, I, for one, will listen if you continue. I've enjoyed it so far. One thing you mentioned, I always get worried when when they move on to a new sentence and they start, and I I think it's going to be a criticism, was that you feel being a radio presenter was a step outside your comfort zone. No matter the job someone does, there will be days where they question their career choice if you look at your podcast like a radio show you have created produced researched presented broadcast 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 i can't even speak you see presenting is outside my comfort zone broadcast coordinated edited and promoted it almost single-handedly over the last six months that to me is someone who is well within their comfort zone your episodes with mike are something special i can see something on tv for the two of you in the future i'm not sure what a travel show maybe a history show all the best og tom we uh, love OG Tom. The one, the one criticism I have of OG Tom is uh, he said that you researched stuff. Yeah, that is a complete fact. <laughs> <laughs> that is not based in facts. He just sits there and kind of goes, "What are we going to talk about?" I don't know. Uh, this podcast specifically, I don't know if you research the others, but yeah, I do a bit for the others. Yeah, 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 yeah. but not a huge amount. I try not to. Actually, it's 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 my, and I know people think that's just laziness, but it's a tactic. I just try and find out as I talk to them what they're talking about if you know what i mean a little bit i mean if obviously it's a book i read the book but um yeah but yeah not not a huge amount of research and that's part of the, that's why i was able to do three a week because if you're researching every one you'd be oh yeah you'd be oh you'd be up all night researching i just skipped the i just skipped the important stuff and went straight to the chat um this is from sinead hi sinead uh, hi keith and mike you're nearly at a podcast 100 Whatever you both decide to do in the future, I just want to say thank you for keeping me company since September 2020 while I cleaned my house, planted seeds for my garden, and lay wide awake at silly o'clock overthinking. You and me both, Sinead. Yeah. Mike would concur as well. Um, you both and your other guests made me laugh, think, realize we're all happily winging it at life and just escape for an hour. Best of luck in your new adventure, Keith. I hope going back to the cliffs goes smoothly, Mike. And look forward to your book launch. Hey, that's cool. I uh, love Sinead. I follow <laughs> Sinead on Twitter. She's brilliant. And I love her. Love anyway, her so uh, just thought I'd send you a wee message to say thanks all more, Sinead. Thank you, Sinead. Uh, OG there. Thank you. Um, Lisa. Hi, Keith. I've been enjoying your podcast. It's been lovely, gentle company during my evening walks. I've occasionally burst out laughing at yourself and Mike telling stories. Uh, hopefully you'll keep going for another while. That's my vote. Cheers. Good luck with the new job, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Well, Lisa, that she couldn't have done any better. That was pretty succinct, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Laura. Hey, Keith, hope you're well. I love your pod. Uh, it's deadly. I listened to the Happy Pair podcast the other day, and they had 
Glenn Hansard on. Okay. Uh, and he was really good and he'd be really good on yours. Your last guest, Susan Quirk, mentioned that she'd met a famous musician. He said, my music is no one else's business or something like that. And it stuck with me until I heard the Happy Pair podcast. And I remembered what Susan Quirk said, maybe an idea for a guest. He was very interesting. Uh, my boyfriend met him very, uh, years ago near Strawberry Beds in Dublin. And Mr. Hanser told him that when he met Bob Dylan, um, and this is a word for Glenn's story. It was a pretty surreal moment. I hope you join the podcast. I especially love, oh, continue, I think. I especially love Mike's stories and your stories flow, and it's really entertaining all the time. Thanks very much, Laura. So I think Laura's given me a few suggestions for guests and saying, think, yeah, keep, keep get Glenn Hansen on and then get Bob Dylan on. <laughs> I think, well, maybe I could try and get the two of them. Yeah. Um, uh, Dave Byrne. Hi, Dave. Uh, OG. He's, Dave is a big fan of the podcast. Just wanted to write and say congratulations on the gig. I hope you get everything from your new opportunity that's in front of you that you truly deserve. With regard to the podcast, I'd say to see it end so soon and so suddenly. I mean, what the hell would Mike do with himself? I'm not thinking of me at all, he says in brackets. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to say a huge thank you to you and Mike and also all of your guests so far making... Uh, so many thought-provoking moments in the podcast, so many moments of absolute hilarity, nonsense and stupidity, which is the way life is. And finally, thanks so much for the inspiration for the No Booze 100. I coupled it with 100 days of walking and looking back, I feel absolutely brilliant. I've lost two stones so far and I'm thinking of maybe having a drink, but it's not a big issue for me at all. Uh, just one last thought. Your 100 episode should finally reveal Mike's story about Barry Manilow's drummer. But Dave, I think we did, didn't we? We did that. We Christmas. did the Barry Manilow drummer on the Christmas special. Maybe mm. Dave missed that one. Good luck with everything. Don't be a stranger. And that's from Dave. And he's given me his Instagram link there so we can follow him. Thanks, Dave. So that's that gives you a sort of a um, an idea. That's Mike. Yeah, it's very reassuring. In fact, I've had um, three people um, contact me this week, friends of mine who didn't know I was doing this, um, and they've got back onto me and sort of said, Jesus, I heard you doing a podcast and it's uh, quite funny. And, and, and one buddy of mine, I think I said to you, I might have said the text to you, he said he wasn't, he wasn't interested in it. And in the beginning of the lockdown, he just thought, oh, fuck, I can't be listening to two people just fucking rambling on about shit all the time. And um, during the lockdown, he sort of gorged himself on news and sort of um, uh, QAnon documentaries and podcasts and stuff like that, deep sort of, you know, negative um, racist groups and what was going on with Trump and all this sort of stuff. And then he said, I just by mistake started listening to your one the other day. And um, he just said it was so refreshing that two people just talking shite when he hadn't been able to go out and talk shite to people. So uh, I think we yeah. filled a slight gap. The shite talk. <laughs> The, like, dream, the dream now is to build a shite house and broadcast <laughs> from it. I want a dinosaur. I want a Diplodocus shithouse. <laughs> we can broadcast from our shithouse. <laughs> the shithouse podcast. Shithouse podcast. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of like, that's encouraging. We should, we, we'll just have to see. We'll keep going to 100 anyway. And just, I, I've, I've no reason. I've no reason to believe that we can't keep going, Mike. What do you think? I say we keep cracking on, yeah. We'll just have to fit it in. I mean, you're going back to work. I'm probably going to go back to work. Um, but we'll find an hour every week. Yeah, we could find an hour, and then it's like it's only another extra hour, half hour. If I'm if I 
you know, if I do it properly, it should only take me half an hour, but it usually takes me longer to edit it and put it up. But um, you see, what we could do is just record, if I was just recording this one, we could just do the intro and the outro all in one podcast. And then I just have to lash up the thing yeah. without, without doing a separate intro. So we could, there's lots of, there's lots of ways we can keep it going and it shouldn't, it shouldn't take up too much time. And, you know, we have to have a hobby, don't we, Mike? We do. Um, I think both of us have decided it's not golf. No. Um, I'm certainly not going on any scooter tours. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, and writing. Uh, I almost gave up writing last week. What? Yeah. But, you're, then, but, but it was all, what? Yeah, but that was, then I wrote in anger. And I actually sent the woman uh, who does the cast, the, the Kildare Writing School, which is great, Pauline Cloonley. Yeah. Uh, new book out this week, last yeah. week. Share those soon. Um, yeah, I, I, I sent her um, an email saying, listen, I wasn't in the mood for writing, but I wrote this when I was in a mood, like a bad mood. Yeah. And it seemed to work. And it's the best thing I've done. And I've actually done a lot more since. But um, yeah, I just had to realize that how I write, you know, and how I do stuff. And uh, I know there's people out there switching off now as I talk about me writing, but it's no, just no, it's, no, it's good, Mike. It's a bizarre process to go through, you know. And it's really sort of, you feel like the acidity is is kind of oozing out of your body when you put stuff on a page, even though it might be funny or whatever, um, and it might be caustic or whatever it might be, or not funny, or it might just be serious or whatever. But it is a cleansing. Pro- I would, I would, I would encourage anybody to write. You know, just to sit down. I, I'm not into journaling. I'm not into writing a page a day. I just think, right, I've got one and a half hours now. Let's fucking crack on. And uh, I was also listening to somebody who, uh, some, I was in conversation with somebody at some point, and um, this person is a novelist. They were talking about knowing a novelist who writes novels and has written 20 odd novels and is a, like a worldwide renowned author and only writes for 50 minutes a day yeah that's it but that which i think is a great idea i think that works for people doesn't it mm. you put yourself under pressure and you just do it out of begrudgery <laughs> what, it's amazing what? the stuff that comes out i fuck it i hate it <laughs> what was the thing you wrote that you were that you wrote in anger um, it was about becoming a tour guide. It was what we talked about last week. Oh yeah, I, yeah. That that is that the thing you sold you sent to me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was brilliant, and you wrote that in anger. Oh yeah, really angry. Like I begrudged every time my finger hit the keyboard. But it was really good. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, I thought it was actually my. It was the only bit I've ever shared with you. I was so sort of, when I read back, I thought, oh, quite, that's quite good. And that was completely unedited and everything. I just sort of whacked it off and thought, right, I'll just see what people think. And I sent it to Pauline as well. And she she quite liked it. So, yeah. I, I thought it was really good. And I said to you, it was like, if anybody's read the book McCarthy's Bar, uh, and I thought it had, you know, it was very much like that. It really reminded me of that. And I thought it was funny. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really good. Um, I think the, 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 the tour guide as a, um as a what's the word i'm looking for 
it's an overarching sort of link to bring everything together. Yeah, uh, as a mechanic or something or a motif yeah. or whatever. But it's really good and could work really well for you because that's basically, you know, you, you've always kind of, you've always been in that, whether it's been guiding people, you know, around a hotel or guiding people around London or, you know, telling people about the Cliffs of Moor. And uh, it's always, that's always been what you've done. Yeah. And um, as I said, life is just one big shitty guided tour. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it, it was just really uh, there's some really good lines in there. I think it really that really works for you. And mine, mine it for all it's worth. Mine that shit, man. Yeah, mine, yeah. mine it like a big, big dinosaur poo that you want to live in. Mm. Scraping the feces out of the way. I can feel it now. I can smell it. Yeah, and that will get you angry. Yeah, that, that would be an angry jar, wouldn't it? Clearing. I don't know. I quite like dealing with poo poo. <laughs> well, it was it was like being on the curry yesterday, and we were saying it's sheep's poo. It's not really that bad because it's only grass, so you know it's not really a bad thing. Dinosaurs yeah. would be the same, you know. Apart from all the liver fluke and stuff you can pick up from them. Oh, okay, shit. Because he was telling me about this um this uh, pastime slash sport from South America, South Africa, where they spit deer poo or some sort of uh, antelope slash deer type animal poo as far as they can. Um, they wait for the poo, poo to harden and then they use it like a little pellet and it, and it's a game in South Africa. Have you ever heard of this game? No, no. Uh, who who was setting it up? My son. We were on the curra and we were, we were we were talking about the poo on the curra and he mentioned this game that they play in South Africa, where they spit pellets of deer poo, which would be similar to to rabbit poo i'd imagine yeah yeah yeah. and um that's that seems to be some sort of game or pastime there mike i actually have a book on animal shit <laughs> of course you do <laughs> how to identify it how to identify sprint. scat yeah scats and sprints of different animals yeah would Probably. you do you take it out with you or? i do yeah 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 mm. yeah i had a couple of um otters at one point and they're quite um yeah, I didn't have a couple of otters. I, I was trying to identify what was shit. You, you came across the shit of some otters, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of go to shit in the same place all the time. Oh, nice. And layer it up. So they'd have a, like a pile of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And if left long enough, you could actually burrow it out and live in it, but it's really fishy. It's not like it's... Whoa. Oh, yeah, pungent. Because you have to have a little smell of poo, I find, when you're identifying it. Yeah, if it looks like poo, tastes like poo, smells like poo, probably is. You wouldn't taste it, though, would you? No. My dog does, though. She likes fox poo. Oh, really? Yeah, which grosses me out. We have a lot of foxes here. Actually, I forgot to feed the fox last night, and she's she's got cubs somewhere down the back. And uh, woke up feeling really guilty. I forgot to feed her. I buy um, dog food to feed the fox. And I know a lot of people would disagree with that from an environmental sort of thing but i just think i'm sort of you know like carbon footprint yeah i think there's people that go around on horseback kind of killing foxes mm. so I'm just sort of you're balancing it up i'm cancelling those fuckers out yeah that's fair enough i think and would your dog like roll around in the fox poo or just oh yeah she every once in a while if she has a bath or something she gets particularly manky yeah um, and she's pretty much a self-cleaning little dog. But if she gets weeny manky, we give her a bath. And then mm. she'll, the, the, the smelliest dog shit ever, she, or a fox shit, she'll find it and then start going into it. And it's just to, to 
to sort to, of make herself smell like a dog again. Yeah, because she doesn't want to be stand out, you know. She no. wants to. She wants to. She wants to fit into the environment. She doesn't want bigger predators like dinosaurs sniffing her out and having her for lunch. And 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 the worst one I've ever had was my old dog Rusty. We took him to a beach in North Norfolk once, and um, it was one of these beaches that kind of. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec, Mike. I just need to close this door. Sorry. I know there's a lot of activity here. Okay, cool. He's gone to close the door. I can't see him because he's got the camera off. My connection is so shit. Um, Sorry, Mike. That's okay. He's coming back now. Uh, Go on. (laughs) Yeah, so myself, Sally Ann and Rusty were walking on this beach and this kind of beach had an entrance to it and, and sort of the dog ran off and you couldn't see the beach from where he ran. And um, he liked to roll in stuff. And when we turned this corner, there was a group of people looking at a washed up dead whale. So the, the sort of the carcass was left. There were bits of skin and a fin and uh, the innards were kind of dangling off the rib cage. And all of a sudden I could hear these people uh, and shrieks of children. And Rusty was inside the ribcage of this fucking thing, rubbing himself, going, oh, yeah. Oh. oh. And the fucking smell off him. We fucked him into the sea. We fucked him into rivers. We fucked him into lakes. Anything. And he loved swimming. So it wasn't, we weren't throwing him in. He was like, we must, he must have spent two hours of constantly in the water. Got him back in the car. The stink. It smells, it just smelled like sort of diesel and putrid fish and every time i got into the car after that we put the heaters on in the winter's day and you get this kind of like whiff of you know whale innard coming off him oh jesus Um, christ yeah rusty rusty the bastard dog (laughs) (laughs) he was a good dog though wasn't he yeah i loved him yeah i loved him yeah yeah i had to actually wash him with um fairy liquid in the end yeah and And then he and then but then he just went out and re- rolled in another dead whale straight away. So my, my brother-in-law lives in America, right? Mm, okay. And they have skunks, actual skunk skunks. Obviously they do, because that's where skunks live. Yeah. But they had rescue dogs of all sorts, and some of their dogs are a bit dim. And one of them had, one of them was blind, I think. One of them couldn't hear, and the other had three legs. Oh, wow, okay. And and uh, it was like, it sounds like a joke, but yeah, uh, the skunk came in, the the blind fella and the three legged one went oh fuck that but the guy who couldn't hear was kind of going mm, look at that I'm going to have a go at that and he got destroyed by the skunk the skunk expelled everything on him he then caught hold of the skunk killed the skunk <clears throat> and the two other dogs then devoured what was left of the skunk oh. coming in with pine needles sticking out of their nostrils imagine how the tender the nose is on a dog and they got pine the, the not pine needles, but yeah. sticking out. <clears throat> and um, they couldn't get rid of the smell of the dog who had been sprayed. And um, some geezer down the road said, uh, the only thing, they live in like Kentucky, yeah. the only thing you're going to get to get rid of the smell of that is you got to wash your dog in, in Heinz tomato ketchup. Okay. <laughs> and they did. And he got rid of it. No way. Yeah. You got to be Heinz. Ain't got to be in any of that stuff from the stores. Heinz tomato ketchup. Skunk facts. That is good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. If anybody ever finds himself in that situation and they've listened to this podcast, 
they will know what to do, Mike. Yeah. I don't know whether the reduced salt version works. Uh, probably not. Wouldn't know. A lot of sugar and ketchup. That's the only thing I'll say about that. Um, a, a picture a picture popped up on my feed uh, oh. yesterday, and it told me that seven years ago today, I started training to do a high dive off a 10-meter platform diving board in the National Aquatic Center. I saw that. And the thing I couldn't get over and the thing that really stuck with me was the lumberjack shirt you were wearing <laughs> <laughs> whilst gripping on because it must have been taken by somebody. You were on top of the 10 meter diving board. Yeah. Kind of shitting myself. Yeah. You, you were actually in a shitting position, like, like <laughs> crouching and ready. holding on to the, the bar that is next to you for dear life. Now I am fucking terrified, terrified of heights. I can't stand on a kitchen chair without kind of getting the wibble wobbles. Changing light bulbs is difficult for me. I am fucking petrified of heights. And I work on the second highest cliff in this country. But there there you go. That's the great irony of things. But yeah. yeah, I there's no way. Did you get paid to jump off that thing? Um yeah it was kind of uh, just a sec. Yes, Finn. I don't know what I don't know what's going on with Finn is like the other way sometimes if you find out your dog has found chocolate and eaten it and he's bouncing around the place. Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It was a. I won't mention the brand, but they wanted to do this. Uh, they're involved in cliff diving, Ooh. and what I was doing was I was training to do a dive off. So, so you know, the, you know the cliff divers. They do like twenty meter, twenty five meter cliff dives. Yeah, I was gonna. I think it's twenty five meter. Um, I feel like it might be high. I was going to do one off 10 meters, you know, and we, we what, what they were having this competition or this show or whatever, uh, the cliff diving competition on uh, the Iron Islands at Powell and Pest. Do you know Powell and Pest? No. So it's um, if you go to Inish Man in this year, in, I don't know, the main okay. island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a sort of a natural it's, it's occurred over years where the the ocean has eroded. Uh, a flat piece of uh, rock yes. on the coast, and it's it's created this like pool shape. You know, it's a it's it's a rectangular, um, and at certain times there you can just you can jump in and you can swim in it. Um, so they erected this massive diving board over Pest. and if you can imagine, like I actually went up onto the, the massive diving board uh, and looked down. So if, so if you're up, uh, I'm just trying to um, trying to find the the height of the board. Hang on a second. The cliff diving height record. Oh yeah, so 60 meters is the record. Jesus. So these guys could be like you know 50 meters up, whatever. And when you're looking down on this pile of pest, like rect- um, rectangular cut out of just rock, it's rock all around it. It's just a little tiny like speck you're looking down on almost. But you have to dive into it. And like all I'd be thinking is you get blown off course, you just splat yeah. onto the rock, you know. Uh I couldn't even stand like some I couldn't even stand on the diving board that they were about to jump off. And uh, did you actually do it? So what I did was I so they they put a they picked a spot lower down nearer to Powell Nepesh, nearer to the actual like 10 meters off the water or whatever, and I oh. jumped off that. Um, so, so what I was doing was training over time. So I started with a three meter board, five meter board, 10 meter board. And eventually 
on the day I was able to go in backwards and do a somersault and go in feet first into into the water. You were not. Yeah. No way. Is that is that is there a video available of that? There must be somewhere. Uh, but it's literally it's all about uh, finding your balls and trusting because if you're standing up on the ten meter board, all like your 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 eyes play tricks on you. So all you can see is like the edge of the pool. So you feel like I'm just going to hit the, yeah. the the stone, you know, the tiles. I'm not going to reach the water, you know. But you just find, you, eventually with the training and they had me on trampolines and doing backflips and all this kind of stuff. Eventually, um, so what you do is you get you get to a point where you're okay with falling backwards and you know you're going to be okay. And that's just the mind is, that's just a trick thing with your head. Um, so what just what I would do at the end is like you, you walk out to the edge of the platform. You don't really have to look down. It doesn't really matter. Try not to get to the edge of the platform right up at the edge, up on your tippy toes. And you li- literally just lean back and just go, I'm going to be OK. I'm going to be OK. Oh, um, fuck. And when you lean back, your body, if you hold your body in a certain shape, your body will a 10 meter board is is the right height for your body to do a full 360 and then another. So you go back yeah 360 and you go in feet first if you hold it then and you won't hurt yourself because obviously if you belly flop or hit it with your side or if you're slightly off your 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 your, your pointed feet break the surface so you don't hurt yourself and um, no i had no idea and no i wouldn't I, I, there's no way on god's green earth not that i believe in god and the earth is pretty much two-thirds blue but there's no way i do that none um, it's a fear I'm willing to live with. But I, ha- I have noticed that because I was getting to that point in my life where I was afraid of heights and you mentioned being up in the chair and like if I had to get up on the wall at the back of the house and, you know, I, I was I, I was doing something on the roof of the shed or something, that used to scare me. Where it doesn't, That doesn't bother me now at all, at all. Like I'm not as afraid of heights as I used to be because of that because I kind of have, I don't know, it fixed something in my head where I'm like, oh, well, it's just, it's all perception, you know? No. No, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's no, no. I'm actually I'm actually getting sweaty palms. <laughs> so, Mike, picture this, Mike. Walk out to the edge of the platform. You're ten meters up. Open your tippy toes. Straighten your body. Hands down by your side and just lean back. And do you naturally sort of do a circular motion then? Yeah, you just go backwards, and then your your head goes. Your head goes down, your feet come up, you're upside down. You're going, what the fuck? Where am I? I have no idea. Don't look at anything because the roof will be up there and you'll be down there and the, the water will be nowhere to be seen. And then eventually you'll come right and then you can open your eyes and have a little look. Check the water, point your toes, and then you go. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm. You must have had to do something to make you twirl because... Surely your head is the heaviest part of your body, isn't it? Or I suppose yeah, so it's the action of just, you just lean back. And your head will sort of, your head will take you around. Do you know what I mean? The weight. No, 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 no. I feel queasy. No. Um, and then, so I'd, I'd perfected that. And then when we got to Paddle and Pesh, they were like, okay, we weren't able to construct, we were hoping to construct a diving board platform for you, but we weren't able to. So basically going to have to stand on the edge of this rock. And then they were saying, you can't just lean back because you'll hit the edge of the rock going down on the side. Oh, fuck. So then they were like, at the last minute, they're going, you're going to have to like kind of push yourself away and then sort of do an almost like uh, create the flipping motion yourself. And I was like, this is not, 
like oh. in my head all i was going to do was lean back now i have to yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. now i have to do a whole other thing and i was like holy shit so it wasn't as graceful as it could have been but uh but it was grand and also the lads who do the 50 meter board or whatever they were these like tidy little speedos. <laughs> I was wearing a full wetsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't talk about it. finding your balls. If you hit the water in the wrong thing, your your balls will end up in your nostrils. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I didn't look cool at all. Not like those Brazilian dudes who were ripped to shit and were like, and they're all quite they're all quite small because that's you know, yeah. Divers are are the that's the right shape for a diver. But uh, but yeah, it was cool. I was you know it was quite an achievement for me. You know. Well done. I, I, there's no. I, I'd rather eat my own feces than do. That. Um, uh, you know, I'd rather eat an elephant's house full of <laughs> or dinosaurs. But be quite nutritious, actually. We we went to Grenada on our holidays once. Um, something I'd never do again. Um, Why? It was a shithole. Oh, okay. <laughs> the accommodation was terrible. It was just. It was just a bad. It was a bad, bad holiday. Anyway. Um, Food. I don't really like Caribbean food, and if you're yeah. vegetarian, it's like fuck. Yeah, have another bit of fucking plantain. I was like, fuck, no thanks. Um, anyway, red stripe beer is too strong. It, hang, too, hang on a too, sec, Mike. Hang on a sec. Go on. What are you looking for, bud? Yeah. Where are you going? Keith is just giving his child. Oh, hang on, hang on. No, no, I'll give you this instead. Oh, you're giving him twenty. Where are you going? Will you be careful? Yeah. Really careful. Yeah. He's telling his child to be careful. That's good parenting. Like, you know, respect. Respect the water, buddy. God, don't like that. He's going to the, the river. Speaking of jumping into the water. Yeah, there you go. You got to let them off, Mike. You got to let them off. He didn't lick it off the stones, did he? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to Grenada and... Um, it had recently, like within 10 years, I think, had been hit by a really bad hurricane. Yeah. And on day two, I felt, myself and Sally, I felt that we were, and I'm probably be, being really unfair to Grenadian people, Grenadian people. Yeah. But I felt that I was actually responsible for the hurricane. Okay. Because they were upset and were asking me for money, assuming I was some really wealthy American tourist with right. $100 bills coming out of his ass. Um, and I wasn't. I was just on holidays. It was a cheap package. Were they kind of of the? Were they feeling like the tourists tourists would save their economy and because because the? Yeah, I mean, mm. you got mixed in, unfortunately, because every day um, these humongous um, cruise ships would come in, and and these things were like city blocks. Yeah, coming in tapping off a little bit of concrete and then unloading 4,000 people. So inevitably, it's a small island. You get caught up with a tour of them or whatever, and everybody would be tapping them for money. And I remember we went to these famous waterfalls, and um, we got up to the top, and it was like, wow, Jesus, this is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. The pristine rainforest, lovely waterfall, flying down like sort of 20, maybe 30 meters to this big blue pool. And you're looking at kids in the bottom of it, and it's like, wow, this is really nice. And the, the guide is saying this, and you can go down there later on and you know, go for a dip if you want. Think of brilliant, this is fantastic. And this big dude comes over to me and goes, Listen, if you give me twenty dollars, 
I'll uh, I'll jump off here for you. And I'm going, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not giving anybody money to jump off the fucking thing. No, thanks. And um, if you give me $10, I'll jump off. And he was like, he was obviously short of cash, obviously, you know, and yeah, yeah. what he did for a living or whatever. So I said, listen, if I give you $20 not to jump. And he was like, no, doesn't work that way. <laughs> what? And I'm fucking, no, I, I said, I don't want you to jump. And then he just legged it up and jumped. Anyway. Fucking hell. Frighten the shit out of me. And he wouldn't take the $20 off you to not jump. No. I gave some somebody money so, so some other point. I just thought, oh, fucking hell. I just, the, the, the guilt. And yeah. the, you know, you'd never forgive yourself if you hit a little rock on the way down or something. But he's obviously, that's his thing. He gets the tourists, you know, they're like, oh yeah, 20 that, man. Cool. Yeah, but the way he jumped, like, there was no, it didn't look like he was well rehearsed. It looked like he was on day two and still buzzing <laughs> with excitement. You know what I mean? He was like, he, he didn't, didn't go to the National Aquatic Centre. He didn't realise what could go wrong. No, he wasn't in a lumberjack shirt for a few days, kind of sussing it out. You see these guys, uh, they'll just, you see these, if they're good at it, they'll just fling themselves off something. And yeah. at the last minute, they'll just write themselves so they enter it properly. You'll notice, like they just kind of like twist at the last minute and go in feet first, or or you you have to go in. You either break the surface of the water with your feet or with your hands, but your hands have to be. If you go in head first, your hands have to be directly in line with your head. So they that your hands break the the palms of your hands break the water, create a gap for your head to enter. Otherwise, you just smash your head open off the surface of the water. And also, if you notice. Um, what they'll do is they'll they'll have people in the water uh, splashing. Have you ever noticed that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that will break the surface tension because if it's if it's too far up and it's flat, the surface tension would actually just split you open. I do watch the um, the Olympics. I do like the diving on the Olympics. Yeah. And there's a, a an English guy, Tom something or other. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, he's like a little bullet. Yeah, and you can see the bubbles coming up through the water all the time. It's like he's jumping into a kind of a jacuzzi. Yeah, yeah. I never realised that's what they did that for. To break the, the, the tension. Fact. Yeah, this Hang is on. infotainment. I tell you, diver Tom Daly. That's it. Tom Daly. Yeah, yeah, the great Tom Daly. But and I, it's funny because I, I end up doing that dive. But I was always fascinated by the diving at the Olympics. Um. For some yeah. reason, I, that was that was one of my favorite parts of the Olympics. Uh, yeah, I like watching them, and I like watching the um, the cycling. And I, I always think otherwise. I always remember a guy. I always remember a guy that I, whose name I can't remember now. At the moment, <laughs> I'll never who, forget his name. Uh, I'm going to say Greg Luganis. I'm going to say Greg Luganis. Luganis. He he was doing a dive, right, and he bashed his head off the it wasn't the board it was the platform oh jesus yeah, greg luganis um he was a american olympic diver lgbt activist uh, who won gold medals in 1984 1980 olympics in springboard and and i remember watching him and i was a big fan of greg luganis and he hit the he hit the board with the back of his head on the way down yes that rings a bell. Mm. He didn't die, though, did he? He didn't die, no, no. He, I think he went on to 
do quite well in 88. Yeah, he got ahead. Hey! He bashed the competition with his head. <laughs> Mike, I think we're going to continue this for a while, maybe. We'll do more of these. Um, any sign of any more contact from the real world, i.e. work about going back, or are you just no, avoiding, avoiding I'm, all I'm just keeping my head down and not answering my phone. Good. I like that. Yeah, that's that's the uh, you got to deal with things in certain ways, you know. Mm, and, that's uh, the that's the best way to deal with that. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm I'm part of we all are WhatsApp groups and various people are being asked back and various people is like, oh god, oh, it's getting closer. Yeah, it's it's literally it must be like waiting at, for death. Yeah, yeah, you're on death row almost. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're on back to work row. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll get a reprieve maybe if you write your book quickly you'll get a, a reprieve and you won't have to go back so how are you doing in fact yeah i'm doing good yeah starting tomorrow so it'll be weird it's weird because like like obviously your first day in a new job you, you rock up at the building and just you know you you go into a you find a desk and you get a chair and you you know you get yourself settled and you meet a few people i'm starting a job remotely so you know, do I just like I just sit in front of my computer at nine o'clock and be like, hi, I'm here. But I think they're just going to send me out some Zoom links and then I'll go from there. And uh, OK, all right. So you're actually yeah. you're not going into the office. No, there's nobody in the office. It's all remote. Brilliant. And um, yeah, so it's it'll be interesting to start a job remotely in lockdown and just start. And I've never really, like I, it's a long time since I've done a job like this. Like it's always been radio and with radio you kind of go in you'd prepare you you know you might spend a month preparing the show you wouldn't actually you just start work and start doing bits and pieces and coming up with ideas you wouldn't necessarily start the show for another month then you know until it's ready so it's all it's all new to me yeah I'm, there, there must be a book or a documentary in it um people starting work on zoom and then meeting people in the flesh because it must be completely different. You know, you, you've got these first impressions and the first impressions aren't first impressions anymore. No, I won't get to, I, I'd imagine I won't get to meet any, uh, there'll be a lot of my colleagues I won't meet at all until I get into the office because I mightn't be working directly with them, you know? Um, yeah. So I'll probably only meet the ones I need to meet. And uh, so, yeah, so then it'll be interesting when we do open up actually going into the office and meeting people. Um, but no, I'm excited and I, I, I actually think it might be a good way to work for now, this particular type of gig, you know, because there's a lot of it is writing and ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just hope I don't, uh, you know, just hope I don't, uh, you know, fuck it up. You, you, you won't. Um, and yeah, and I wish you the best of luck now tomorrow. And I'll be thinking about you. And um, have, you, have you decided what wardrobe sort of situation is going to be? Well, it doesn't matter, does it, Mike? Like, Jesus, you say that. They're going to think, fucking hell, what's he doing in a fucking hoodie? Currently sporting a mullet and I've got a moustache, I think. That's okay. My wife thinks I should shave my mullet. Yeah, yeah. anything to take away from that. <laughs> I'll wear a mask and a, and a hat. Oh, balaclava! Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't really thought about that. But I have been having, you know, those, not I won't call them fever dreams, but you know those dreams where you're like in work, um, doing, oh, yeah. it, doing it wrong or yeah. you know you're in another work situation and it's not and you're trying to say to people this is not what I thought I was going to be doing you know <laughs> you know you're yeah, yeah, yeah. 
oh, pure anxiety. And it all comes out in the dreams. It's like sweating bad stuff. You know, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Nothing is ever as bad as you think it's going to be. No, but I don't. I don't even think it's going to be that bad. But there is. There's always that anxiety of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, bad you, you, was the wrong word I used there. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I have no reason to worry. Um, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, no. Apart from the haircut, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we we will. I'll give you a report next week. And also, we never talked about your visit, your your little trip, your little within your tw- twenty kilometer trip, which you might talk about next week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Up to the Burren. I might mm. go again, actually. Do yeah, and um, and I don't know. Bring back some kestrel eggs and rear them as your own in the house, so they don't all die out. No, that would be illegal. I'm going to watch Kez now tonight. Yeah, how's um your man from Springwatch? How's he doing on our religion? I don't know. He hasn't been. He's very bad. He's he's head of communications, isn't he? Yeah, he's shit. Yes, he, <laughs> he doesn't even. <laughs> we haven't told him, but like in fairness, he should find out. Yeah, he should be listening. He should, he, sh- he should just know this shit. He should yeah. be like, oh my God, I'm, I'm head of communications and he should find out that he is. We just shouldn't have to tell him. Dirty if we have to tell you you're head of communications, then what is the point of you being yeah, head of exactly. communications? We've, we've done our gig. We've communicated to, to him. Yeah, We've put it out there. I can't even remember his name. The idiot. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mike, listen, go you better go and enjoy with... the rest of your day. Will um, do. And you too. And, and enjoy tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah. Literally. Uh, yeah. I'm, just, but, I'm trying not to say something negative or smart at the end about no. my job. So I won't. I'll just leave it there. Mike, have a great week. And, and you. Good, good luck with the writing. As usual, I miss you. Thank you. Miss you. Did you, did someone press record in that? Oh, man. I'm just a kid and a bear. Thank you very much, Michael. Mike Marin. He is a, a resident of the county of Clare. He lives somewhere out there. I don't know where. Somewhere kind of on the way to Spanish Point. Somewhere. And he works at the Cliffs of Moher when he's working, which he's not at the moment. He's a good man. We met, uh, if you're wondering and you haven't listened to all the podcasts, we met in the 90s. Early 90s, actually. Uh, working hotel, uh, one particular hotel together uh, in South Kensington in London. So met up with him there over a year ago, and uh, subsequently ended up. I just thought it'd be a good idea to do a podcast with him because he's got lots of stories and he's interesting, and I like chatting to him. So there you go. It's as simple as that. I hope you enjoy it. And if you're a new listener, you're very welcome. Uh, the email address for the podcast is keithwatchpod at gmail dot com. It's just. For now, it's just me and Mike talking shite. Me and Mike talking shite, uh, which we enjoy doing. And it's probably kept us both sane uh, during all of this COVID nonsense. Um, just having someone outside the family just to talk shite to, you know, because you can't go to the pub. You can't. You can, I couldn't even meet any friends at one point. I couldn't even remember who my friends were at one point. So it's all good. So thank you, Mike. And uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, John Connolly as well. I, I mention him every now and then because he's very good. He helped me set up the podcast. And even now to this day, if I randomly send him out something and say, what do you think of this? Can you have a look at this and can you fix this? He'll help me. So thank you very much, John. And if you're thinking of doing any podcasty stuff and you need help, John is the man and he doesn't charge too much. Uh, you can email me any queries, inquiries, questions, keithwalshpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Thanks to ACAST as well. This is part of the ACAST Creative Network. 
Uh, I might have to move it out of that, out of the health and well-being section into just the entertainment. Is there an entertainment section? Anyway, that's not for me to be discussing with you right now. If you do like the podcast, please give it a like. Give it a, a rating, five star, please. Give it a, a little written review would be nice as well. And there's the supporters. You can click on a supporter link if you want to give us a few quid as well. This is for free, of course, but if you want to buy us a pint or two or a cup of coffee or a jam jar or a box of pickled onions, uh, any of those things, uh, all all gratefully received. Oh, I love a box of pickled onions. Um, Yeah, that's it. That's all, everything I need to say. Uh, I'm going to go on now. I've, this is the earliest I've ever had the podcast intro and outro recorded, and hopefully I'll get it um, up on the system very soon. Enjoy. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy the sunshine. Get out there, folks. What the fuck you doing? Get out. Get out again. And, uh, oh yeah, the sign-up. And we'll keep this going for as long as we can. Or something like that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.